Welcome, and thank you for listening to the New Day Podcast. We are located in South Kansas City, proclaiming the good news of God's grace to our region and abroad. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, newdaykc.org. So what I decided is I was just in here praying yesterday and uh, spent quite a bit of time up here praying. And uh, I don't want to do a prayer meeting just to do a prayer meeting. And this isn't about intercession or anything. It's just getting together. So if you want to come join me for prayer, starting not this coming week because it's Thanksgiving. I didn't want to do it the night before Thanksgiving for you guys' sake. But the following Wednesday, I'm just going to be in here from 7 to 8 to pray. And pray for the church and pray for our land. If you'd like to come join me, if you want to join for two minutes of that, or you want to join for the hour of that, it's not going to be these hour-long prayer meetings. I'm not here to yell at powers and principalities. I'm here to pray. There's no set order. I just want to pray for our country, our people, and Christians in our church. And pray for each other, for those that are sick among us. Pray for healing. Just pray. There's no, I don't have an agenda. I'm not going to teach. We're not going to have 12 minutes of worship and then this and this and that. There's no order to, you know, if it's just, and I'll make Brenda come with me. If it's just Brenda and I, then we'll do it the same way. But I'm just going to pray. And if you feel in your heart that you want to do that, do that. There, this of all places, there's no judgment on this. You're not, I'm not taking names. If you can show up and pray for a little while, I'm inviting you to come pray. And uh, Yeah, this is how we resist. So this is my resistance. It's how the church has always resisted, by the way, was with prayer. It's, it, you know, prayer's a lot of things, but prayer is the way that we resist what's being put upon us. And so that's, so there's my big audacious announcement is is on uh, Wednesday December 2nd we're gonna have prayer so come on out for a prayer I don't even want to tell Brenda I don't even want to call it I don't even like the sound of prayer meeting it's probably my years of of where what I was involved in so the idea of having a prayer meeting is just like oh it kind of grates against my resistance button uh, so let's just get together and pray and if that's called a meeting, then it's a prayer meeting, so come to it. We are on the last lesson in this series, and it's been, I hope it's been encouraging to your heart. Um, it's been looking at, in reality, where strongholds or what we refer to as mindsets get in our lives and what the common ones to all of us are, what the characteristics were, and then how we, how we come against those things and how they are overcome in our lives because Jesus came to set captives free. And so it's with this verse, this is the, the headline verse for this, Paul writes to the church, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they're not fleshy, but they are mighty in God for pulling down these strongholds. And what's a stronghold? Casting down arguments, uh, ideas, 
things in our lives, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, anything, anything in our lives that tries to take precedence and tries to move in in a place that is greater than God is a stronghold. It will have a strong hold on your thoughts. How do we know it's in the thoughts? Well, it exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Now, again, this verse isn't about your obedience. It's about bringing thoughts that stray away into the obedience of Christ. Christ was and is perfect. He didn't disobey, so he can do this. His obedience, have you ever noticed that when you try really hard to stop doing something, it doesn't work very well, or it works for a while, and then it fades away? Or, it doesn't even fade away, there was that whole day that was a hellish howitzer in my life. I was doing so good, and then Thursday happened. So now all Thursdays are bad. Well, you just got a stronghold. It's arguing against what is the truth. So we know this, that Jesus, and remember, in his earthly ministry, please remember where we started with this. It's found in Luke 4, verse 18. He comes out of the wilderness, and he declares, now this is after God declared who he was, by the way, he gives him his identity. So the first thing he does, he comes out of the wilderness, tempted by the evil one. Next thing that happens, he goes to the rivers of Jordan and his cousin's there. And he goes, cousin? You know, and he goes, wait, that's the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. So he submits to John's baptism, goes in the water. He comes up out of the water, and what happens? And a voice comes from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am. He had done no ministry. He'd done nothing except get tempted by the devil. Does this sound familiar? And that is where God declared, see, we all get our identity from a voice outside of ourselves. What's hardened in preteen and teen years is you keep searching within yourself for that identity. And what it needs to come, parents, listen to this, it comes from a voice outside declaring who you are. You have to have that voice come to you, God declaring, this is my child in whom I am well pleased. We all need that. You need to remember that. So he's... And then the next thing that happens is he goes to the temple. It's apparently his turn to do the reading. And so he undoes the scroll. No, I don't know how they did it. But the scroll is already laid open. And he reads from Isaiah because that was the reading. And he says this. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. He sits down, he says, today it's fulfilled in your sight. 
He came to set us free. It's amazing. It's amazing. Now it took his life, his teachings, his death, his resurrection, and his ascension to accomplish that. He did it all. He, did, he, he didn't like do part of it and we're still waiting on part of it. He did it. It's done. You can live free. It's been done for you. The freedom has already been paid for. It's already purchased. That's why you take it captive to the obedience of Christ. It's done. Quit thinking you have to do it. It's he did it on your behalf. You have to receive it. And then suddenly when you receive it, you start doing it. It's this funny thing. It's not an equation. It's the mystery of God in your life. So what's important about all this? It's freedom. Look at Galatians 5. Now this is about the law because we don't just lose our freedoms through the stronghold of thinking of like sin. I'm tempted to go do this. We also lose our freedom when we get capturing, trying to do it on our own accord and making it happen. Doing it because I have to obey and if I don't, I'm in trouble. So Paul says this in Galatians 5, and you really need to read all of the Galatians to get the context of this. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty in which Christ has made us free. Stand fast in Christ. And don't be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Indeed, I, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. And I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised that he is a debtor to keep the whole law. You don't get to pick and choose. You have become estranged from Christ. It means you're pulling away, you're becoming unfamiliar. You're a stranger to him. You're making yourself, he's not a stranger to you. You're pulling away from him and saying, I, I really don't know you. He's going, oh, I knew you from the beginning. You have become estranged from Christ. You who attempt to be justified by law, you, you have fallen from grace. We think sin makes us fall from grace. I've sinned, therefore I fell from grace. No, you're trying to keep the law. So you're falling from grace. You can't do it that way. It's an impossibility. Sin does not get rid of grace. Matter of fact, sin attracts grace. Huh? You got to read Romans 5, where sin abounds, grace, well, more, it's actually the word where we get the English word hyper. It hyper, it, it far exceedingly is more. So you're going, oh, sin, I've fallen away. No, you just got an opportunity to get closer. If you live this way, you run from God. If you live the way Paul's writing about, you run to God. It's attractive, not the other way around. That's how you tell, how, how much do I really believe this? Well, tomorrow when you sin, do you hide from him or run to him? You get mad at yourself again? 
Or do you say, oh God, I'm not being who you made me to be? Get right back into your identity. That's where real freedom is. For we through the Spirit eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. This is all connected. When I fail, I can go, okay, here I am standing in faith. Knowing that this righteous gift will never leave me. So I have hope. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. Through whose love? God's love. Not how much you love God, how much God loves you. Because if it's dependent on my love, I don't know about you, but my love gets hot, cold. Oh, I'm having a bad day in the Lord. We use all kinds of euphemisms, right? God never has a bad day in humanity. God doesn't have a bad day in you. I was pleased yesterday, but today, buddy, what you even doing in that line? You ain't getting nothing today. No. It violates the scripture. And it violates your freedom. I love the way the message puts it. You see, God set us free for freedom. Why did God set me free? So that I have to be bound to witness to everybody else on the earth. No! He set you free for freedom. He likes this. He likes you. That's why he set you free. Christ has set us free to live a free life. So take your stand. It's, it sounds like a, it's such a weird juxtaposition. Take your stand in being free. Never again let anyone put a harness of slavery on you, including you. I have found this. You ever been judgmental? Oh yeah, you just did it just a minute ago over what I was saying. Sure, we all get judgmental. Do you know who's the worst judge in your life? You. You. You will put yourself in jail over and over and over again when you don't believe this. You will send yourself, you will play the great monopoly game of heaven and you will land on that square and it will say, go directly to jail, do not pass go. No matter what the stronghold or mindset is in your life, whether it's a, from a broken thing, and we went through all of these, so I'm not going to rehearse all those again this morning. No matter what area that happened to you, you don't have to live as a victim. You don't have to have the victim mindset. You can get, uh, uh, there's such a freedom. We went through each one of these common strongholds that we all have. You don't have to live as an orphan. You don't have to live as a pauper. You don't have to live as a slave. All of those are mindsets that fault themselves against the knowledge of God. So no matter what the stronghold is, you can be free. No matter what the area of your weakest temptation is, there's freedom in Christ. No matter what the hang-up of legalism, 
that's this passage in Galatians, or misdirected teachings still manages to trip you up. Uh, man, this has been, so this has been a good long, a decade journey for me of entering into this freedom. And I will still have the yeah, buts, and what ifs come up. Sometimes I even get it in reading the word, and I go, what is, wait, is that contradicting? Have you ever read this stuff? No preacher wants to talk about this because they don't like to stand and have to explain it. There's stuff in there that looks like it contradicts itself. In the Bible. Is the Bible contradictory? No, it's, I don't know. There's stuff, like, I don't understand James real well anymore. Half the time I don't like it when I read it. But I know there's stuff in there, and so what I do is I go, why was it written that way? And this is what I get from the Lord, so that you would draw near to me. I cannot explain all scriptures to you. But I know what all scripture is designed to do. And that's to get you to draw close to God. So whenever there's a tension into what I believe and what I don't believe... Again, what's it cause me to do? Run into God and go, I don't understand this. He says, do that. I'll give you light. I'll give you understanding. I wish I understood as much as y'all understand. I wish you could understand half of what I do. We'd be on the same page. There's one, and really here is the most this is the most mighty tool that I've found that can set you free it is based in grace and truth in the person of the living word through the Holy Spirit inhabiting you it's found in Romans 8 1 and 2 is there just one verse Okay, I'm sure God gave you a favorite verse, but you ought to kick it out and use this one. This needs to be, seriously, this is the believer's new covenant verse. It's like the hinge verse that opens all other things up. It's, it's just monumental. Now, are you ready for it? I did all that just to get you out. What, what do you think it is? You be quiet. There you go. Say it again loud, honey. Oh, you're looking off my notes on the front of the bulletin. Actually, you're very smart. I didn't wish you a happy Veterans Day. Happy Veterans Day, my dear. Thank you for serving. There is, therefore, now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. By the way, there's a period there and your Bible is going to have a little bit of verse 4 that they moved up to verse 1. And the translators of the Bible did that. In the original, it did not have part of verse 4 up there. Because they thought this was too good to be true. And you'll see a little, if you have a good Bible, it'll have a little annotation that'll say B. And you go to the middle where it has all those things, numbers and verses and stuff, and you'll look up where it says B, and it'll say not in original manuscript. Because they move, so part of the verse, the part that I take out of there, 
so I'm not trying to trick you. The part that I take out is, says this, for those who walk after the spirit and not after the flesh. Because they wanted to put a yoke of bondage. Because they thought it was too good to be true. Because <clears throat> this is so good. It is so immensely true. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And then verse 2, this is why it was so nonsensical to move part of verse 4 up there. Because it tells you 1 and 2 is all, is all one stream of thought. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me what? Free. From what? The law of sin and death. Every bondage in our life is centered into the law of sin and death. You sin, you die. It's, it's all right there. Jesus broke and fulfilled. He actually fulfilled the law and then he said it applies no more. So we read in Romans 4, Christ is the end of the law to all who believe. What? But I want to live by the Ten Commandments. No, you want to live in Christ. Because you can't live the Ten Commandments He did. So you need to live in Christ and the law of the Spirit of life. Jesus came that we might have life. Abundant. There's only, there's only one place that freedom and life connect and that's in Christ. I love the way Philip says this. There's no, con no condemnation now hangs over the head of those who are in Jesus Christ. For the new spiritual principle of life in Christ lifts me out of the old vicious circle of sin and death. So I wrote this, and I put it up there, so it's in first person. I tried for years to get myself fixed until I came to the great revelation that God wasn't trying to fix me. And if he was, he wasn't getting it done. He instead was trying to get me to see me as he sees me. In Christ. Jesus doesn't see me outside of Jesus. I am enveloped in Christ, and Christ is enveloped in me. Some of you are looking at me quizzically. We're in Christ. It's this mystical thing that happened when you said, Jesus, I accept your way of salvation. Save me. I got born again. When I got born again, the, Romans 6 says the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, law of sin and death, now dwells in me. In me. In you. In you. Christ doesn't want to change you. He wants to live as you. You receive that? He's not trying to fix you and make a better you. He wants to live his life in you. His resurrected life in you. The incarnation, we're getting ready to celebrate that. That's incredible, but the impartation is more credible. 
He ascended so He could come into all of us. All who would receive Him. This is stunning. It's so stunning we forget to celebrate it. It's so stunning I'm not sure we really believe it. I am still, when I read Romans 8 now, I'm stunned. I start crying. I get to be a blubbery mess. Because I really did. You can ask Brenda how hard I tried and how many times I blew it just in front of her. I couldn't get it right. He said, oh, kid, no condemnation. I got it perfect for you. We're going to take communion today, so if I can get a couple people, where are you, Mansoor, if you can help me. Um, it's, it's done not because of COVID, but so that you know it's like it's all sealed and everything. So if you're going to have your kids take it, you may need to help them because you have to peel the top of it back and the little elements in the top. So don't just drink, well, you can if you want to, just drink to the juice, but it's actually in two layers. The little element is on top and then the juice is underneath but I want you to hear something this is from so as I'm uh, getting the joy of looking at this and going okay how do I end this series and about freedom uh, Brenda and I normally most days we one of us or both of us read uh, Jesus Calling and it's not some sort of magical devotional book or anything but Man, just sometimes it's like an arrow right to the heart. So we're reading it. I'm studying this stuff again to give to you. And then this, was a, this is what it says the next morning. Not many Christians know how to live in this radical freedom, which is their birthright. Jesus says, I died to set you free. Live freely in me. To walk along the path of freedom, you must keep your mind firmly fixed on me. Many voices proclaim this is the way for you to go, but only my voice tells you the true way. If you follow the way of the world with all its glitter and glamour, you will descend deeper and deeper into an abyss. Christian voices also can lead you astray. Do this, don't do that, pray this way, don't pray that way. If you listen to all those voices, you will become increasingly confused. Be content to be a simple sheep, listening for my voice and following me. Isn't that stunning? Just be just simple. It's, it's just my simple voice. Listen to this as we get ready, because this is why we take these elements. The law of the Lord was and is perfect. Everything that the scripture says, absolutely true. It took a perfect man to fulfill the law, and he gave it as a favor to us. How much more perfect is the finished work of the cross, whereby we gain freedom from the crushing requirements of the law that we couldn't carry out? How much mightier is this word than our brokenness and strongholds? If you're going to preach one thing to yourself, keep preaching no condemnation. The only way on was the way in. 
we receive this to get in, and then we start doing it on our own. The only way on was the same way in. That's why he says, as you receive Christ, now so walk in him. We think that means, we've been taught that that means now start obeying because you couldn't before. You still can't. So the way on in Christ was the way in by faith. I believe you did this for me. I, I believe what you say for me. I believe, I believe it's true. You, you said I was your child. You said I didn't have to be bound by fear. You said I was no longer under the dominion. I didn't have to be bound by any sin. You see me completely free. Is he a liar? Is he a cheat? Is he a conniver? You know what a conniver is? Somebody that connives. He schemes. He's trying to trap you to take all the joy out of your life. No, it's for freedom that he came to set you free. The only way to get over sin is to confess Christ. If it worked the first time, guess what? Keeps working. Your entrance was through Christ. Your continuance is through Christ. Your end is through Christ. That's why he says he was the beginning and the end. You're his beginning and end. Really is finished. So... Me being a poet, poet warrior. Uh, whenever entrapment starts to come my way, I'm reminded that this was one of the rom romantic poets, or the the uh, I don't know why they. It, it was so much about love, but this is this was written in 1642, and uh, it was to the love of his life. It was from Richard Lovelace. And he was in prison for political reasons. And so he's sitting in prison and he writes this. Stone walls did not a prison make, nor iron bars a cage. Mine's innocent and quiet take that for an hermitage. Stuck dwelling there. I have freedom in my love and in my soul am free. Angels alone that soar above. Enjoy such liberty. Christ came to set you free. You create the stone walls and the iron bars up here and here. So how do I get free, Christ? What do I proclaim? There's no condemnation for me. For I've been set free by the spirit of life. That's this. This is a declaration of the spirit of life. He died that you might have life. When you do this, you recognize what he did. So how better a time than when we're told we can't do this than to do this. So if you'll peel back that little, boy, I can't do this with a microphone. Oh, it's really hard to do. 
keep up with this. Okay, everybody got that little wafer? No, I'm free. How appropriate. Something as simple as this, but means everything. Jesus said, this is my body. It's broken for you. Take and eat it. When we do this, we proclaim the liberty we have. Through the bondage he suffered for you and I. Set free. Pray with me. Jesus, we take this element... And we remind ourselves again today that you were broken that I could have freedom. You were broken so all my broke places could be made whole. All the stupid junk I do, you died for. All the stupid ways I think, you bring the freedom of being smart. You you found the way and you were the way. And I remind myself again today, and I receive it again today, fresh and new today, that you died for me and you were broken for me. In Jesus' name. Okay, take the element. Lord, you said this was the blood in your new covenant. We don't live by another covenant anymore. This is the new one that sets each of us free. Your blood took away the sins of the world. That means it took mine away. Your blood was shed so I would never know separation from you. I would never be separate from you again. You paid the price And my soul rejoices today in the freedom of the price you paid. In Jesus' name. Now this final thing. Jesus set you free, live free. as simple as that. Jesus set you free. Live free. When it doesn't feel like freedom, you have to preach Romans 8, 1 and 2 to yourself. You have to say it to yourself out loud. You're not condemned, Lloyd. God sees you free. When you don't like what you did, proclaim Christ's freedom in your life. Don't make another promise about what you will and won't do. That's the law. Live free. Amen? Now receive this. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you, be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Everybody said, Amen. Love on each other.